Well, Merry Christmas and the next eight days of this octave are celebrated as one day in the tradition because in the Jewish feast, when a feast was so big that it couldn't be celebrated in one day, it would be celebrated over eight days. And we Christians have applied that to Christmas. Now, why is it, though, that the very um, what we would call the second day of Christmas, the 12 days of Christmas go to the Epiphany from Christmas Day to the Epiphany? And we celebrate Stephen. Now, who is Stephen? Along with Lawrence, probably the most known deacon. And deacon is one of the least acknowledged and celebrated of the roles in the church. And I, I think it's powerful that Stephen um, was one of those first ordained a deacon. And we heard Brother Alex read about him. Um, but not only was he the first deacon, he was the first martyr. So they go hand in hand. You know, we seem to forget that all priests are deacons still. I didn't stop being a deacon when I was ordained a priest. That is part of who we are. We will celebrate the mass as priests, but we are still deacons. And so when we read Acts 6, which is where Brother Alex read from, um, it tells us about the choice of the first seven deacons of the church. Why? Okay. As the apostles did minister, their ministry, some of the Greek, the Greek speaking widows were being neglected. And so what happened was the 12 decided, these are the 12 apostles to ordain seven deacons to take care of the widows. This is the meaning. And doing so, the deacons did this pastoral care of the apostles kind of in their name. They assisted. It's kind of like the deacon assisting the priest today. So Stephen was quite the guy. Now, um, they said the, the Jews didn't like him. They said he preached blasphemy. Um, he was charged with saying that uh, Jesus would destroy the temple. He explained that Israel was disobedient um, despite the mercy of God. So they didn't like him. And then he comes to say what Brother Alex read, I can see heaven thrown open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. This was blasphemous. This was the final proof of blasphemy to the Jews because they didn't believe Jesus was the Son of God. So this is why they didn't like him. Why would they martyr this poor guy? Because he's saying that Jesus was at God's right hand. To them, blasphemy. For them, Jesus could not possibly be alongside the Father in heaven. So Stephen preaching this resulted in his death. I think we see the time coming in the future where our priests and deacons preaching this truth are going to be put to death. It is already starting in places like Nigeria. It is starting in places in the Middle East, and it's going to come. You know, this is why it's important to follow Stephen's example, praying for his enemies, right? So anyway, what's going on? The crowd basically rushed upon him and carried him outside the city where they were going to stone him to death. And he said, Jesus, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Do not hold this sin against them. Actually, this is the same words of Christ on the cross, right? Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. This is what we have to pray. Instead of constantly condemning and criticizing 
for these people in our culture who are turning the world upside down. We need to say, Lord, have mercy on them. And you have to pray for them because they really don't know what they do. I truly believe that these people have good hearts, but trying to take a child that's a little boy to become a little girl, my goodness, they do not know what they are doing. They can't possibly know what they are doing. And so watching the the trial and this execution of these Jews putting Stephen to death, guess who was there right in the middle of it? St. Paul who at the time was known as Saul, Saul of Tarsus. So St. Paul admits his involvement here. He admitted that he held the garments of those who were stoning St. Stephen. You know how when you see a priest and we have benediction and he incenses the deacon or, or the server will hold the garment of the priest. And so Paul or Saul at the time held the garment of those stoning Stephen. Now, what's interesting is this might be because many of the Sanhedrin were wealthy and some may have been wearing very expensive garments um, and didn't want them to hit the ground. Isn't that something? Isn't that crazy? And um, Saul's willingness to hold these garments signified that he considered it an honor to be partaking in this killing, this murder of Stephen. So he held the garments rather than just watching. That actually made him an accomplice. Do you know this is why Paul said he was the worst of all sinners? He was referring to this. We always say, well, what could St. Paul, what's St. Paul, you know, St. Paul says this, I'm the worst of all sinners. And you kind of take it with a grain of salt. He's actually referring to this. He took place in the murder of St. Stephen. Uh, this could have been what Paul sensed was his guilt right? you know, later on. Uh, he considered himself, as I said, to be the worst of all sinners. He said, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. And so no matter how bad a sinner you think, I, odds are you're not a murderer. And so if even St. Paul, the guy that we owe everything to, in the fact that we have the church today, we wouldn't have a church without St. Paul. And we keep thinking, oh, I can never be that great. Well, he was probably a worse sinner than we are, at least for the most part. You know, most of us probably have not murdered somebody. And he was an accomplice. So there's hope for everyone. Wow. And he said, but for that very reason, I was shown mercy. Wow, even the greatest sinner has the greatest right to God's mercy. He said, for that reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, here we have a murderer, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him. You know, it's funny because all of us are sinners and I reflect on some of the dumb things I've done and I still do. And I had this horrible dream last night. I don't remember many of my dreams. I, I, I really don't. And, um, and it was funny how God works because there's, there's something in my life that I never really even thought about. I never really, really paid attention to. And I woke up this, in this nightmare how God was revealing to me that this was something 
that's got to be addressed. I just really didn't even, didn't put a lot of thought or emphasis into it. And it woke me up. It was, it was a very shocking wake up call. And I think that is what St. Paul is giving us as an example. As he's an accomplice to this murder, he didn't think much of it. I didn't murder anybody, please. <laughs> but, but he doesn't, he doesn't take it seriously. And then God wakes him up and he takes it seriously. And I consider this a gift from God yesterday. And so we, we have to, we have to realize how God speaks to us. If it's, you know, just in our heart or if it's in a dream. So anyway, this whole thing is about the martyrdom of St. Stephen. Now the word martyr means what? What does the word martyr mean? Witness which we are all required to be someday. We will all be martyrs, whether we are red martyrs like this and we shed our blood like Stephen, or that we are white martyrs, that we give up our will, we die to ourselves. We are all called to be a martyr, red or white or both. And so those who do shed their blood are the greatest of the witnesses the greatest of the martyrs and forgiving his executioners showed that he truly was like Jesus. He prayed for them. So who is he? St. Stephen is the patron of deacons, the patron of altar servers. So brother Alex is going to be praying to him to release souls in purgatory today. Remember all eight days. These are the, the days to release souls from purgatory. He's the patron of bricklayers. Why? Because they threw bricks at him. They killed him by throwing bricks at him. So he's the patron of bricklayers. Don't you love how God is the God of the paradox? Wow. He's also the patron of casket makers. Why? Because it was his death, the first martyrdom in the church that we hear of in the gospel. And he's also the martyr of stonemasons. Again, because of stoning him. Amazing how the church picks this. I think fascinating. So the tower, you know, um, another little interesting thing. You know, in England, London, the tower of Big Ben. You know, everybody knows when they go to London, they see the big tower and they, they call it Big Ben. You know, it's called the clock tower. Remember the clock tower? That was a back to the future, but something different. <laughs> anyway, um, it was referred to, believe it or not, I bet you don't know this, St. Stephen's Tower. That tower is not Big Ben, not the clock tower. It's really St. Stephen's Tower until it was renamed. How sad England losing her roots. And I think England and France, there's going to be a renewal and so the renewal in the church may come through the deacons. I want to finish by mentioning the need for our deacons. You know, there are two types of deacons. People don't understand this. All right. They are ordained clergy, but there's two types. There's transitional deacons. These are deacons like Brother Jason, um, who are ordained a deacon before being ordained a priest. In other words, they are transitional. They're going to be a seminarian, then ordained a deacon, then six months to a year later, ordained a priest. Then we have permanent deacons. Permanent deacons are the ones who are married, right? You can be married before becoming a deacon. But once you become a deacon, you can't get married after that, even a permanent deacon, unless you are already married. 
And they are family members, husbands, fathers. And so these are the two different kinds. Now, the permanent deacons can be married or single, but must be married before becoming a deacon. Right? So if his wife dies before him, he may be ordained a priest even if the bishop approves it. Um, they do the same as the priest, the same things, but they cannot anoint. They cannot hear confessions and they cannot confirm or celebrate, confect the Eucharist. But what can they do? They can baptize. They can marry. Right. And there's an old expression. I mean, this with all respect. They can baptize, marry and bury. So they baptize, they can marry and they can bury. So they do funerals, funeral services outside the mass. They can distribute Holy Communion. They can read the gospel. They can preach the homily, which is only ordained clergy. And they are obligated to pray the divine office or the breviary that we pray every day. The liturgy, the hours, we call it. Um, this exposes them to, to scripture, to more scripture. And so to finish, like Christ, they came to serve, not to be served. You know, there are 13,000 permanent deacons in the United States. That number is going down. Pray that Christ brings us more deacons. Um, you know, this is very much important because, um, and we pray that that, that brings deacons um, because the priests went down too. We need more deacons to help the priests. You know, um, in 1965, we had 60,000 priests in the United States. We're down to 37,000. And so we need the deacons. We need their help. Uh, do you know we have about 40% less priests in the United States than we did in 1965? 40% less priests. Um, do you know the number of parishes? This really struck me. With no resident priest, there was only 500 of those in 1965. We have over 4,000 thousand parishes today without a priest that the priests have to you know rotate around um you know it's funny because my dad used to say that when he was a kid they had three priests for every parish now we have three parishes for every priest what a switch and so we need deacons pray for your deacon don't forget your deacons in this time, especially on St. Stephen's Day, pray for him. Uh, they make beautiful, beautiful, beautiful examples of God and assistance to the priest, just like St. Stephen was. So pray for all our deacons, especially during this Christmas octave, and maybe even remember them on your Christmas list. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? 
I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.